Welcome to 2023. We are glad that we made it through 2022, all the craziness that happened both in Web3 and out of Web3. However, of course, being the Nifty Business Show, we're going to highlight the different things, predictions and forecasts of what is to come this year. But before I do that, I'm going to look back at last year for New Year's Day when I made seven predictions or forecasts, whatever you want to call it. And of course, none of this is financial advice or financial predictions because I'm not trying to guess the prices of anything, but different trends that I was seeing within the market. And based on my track record of how things went, according to my predictions and forecasting, you can definitely see that I am not Nostradamus or anything of that nature. And again, as I said, I'm not even speaking about prices of anything. Hello, I'm Taj, digitally known as Tropic Vibes, the host of Nifty Business, where we highlight NFTs and explore Web 3.0 as we move from pure speculation to creating real world value. seven trends and predictions and forecasts that I made coming into this year. Number one, there's going to be less emphasis on ETH. And that one is pretty much wrong because based on what was going on with everything crashing and as far as where the NFT space is going, well, that is definitely not the case. There is more faith in ETH than ever before. And we thought that things were going to go to Solana and it was going to be really divided up. But based on how things are going over there with the recent crashes and so forth, a lot of projects such as D-Gods and many others are making the switch over to both Ethereum and Polygon and many other EVM-based blockchains. So number two, I said I was expecting 30 million wallets over on the WAX blockchain because at the end of last year, it had skyrocketed up to 10 million. So seeing that it was going to continue growing because of course, everyone was still discovering Web3 and coming into the space, I expected it would hit 30 million by this year. But guess what? Nope, it absolutely slowed down. And at the point of recording this, it is about 14 million. Now, the reason for this is... A lot of botted wallets were created for a lot of transactions, getting on mints and lists and so forth. And what ended up happening is Wax implemented a way that you basically paid a very small fee upfront to create a wallet, and this slowed down a lot of the bots. So seeing that it only grew from 10 million to 14 million, that is still great growth, 40%. However, at the pace that it was growing before, it is nowhere near as great as we thought it was going to be. But at least now we know that in theory, there's going to be a lot higher percentage of individuals and not bots just trying to claim free mints and so forth. Number three was that I was seeing a trend, a movement towards smaller drops. And I said that would continue coming into this year. And it absolutely did happen. 10K projects still exist. However, they've been multiple successful drops of 1,000, 2,000 or random numbers like 333, 222. So it's not expected anymore that every project comes out is going to have 10,000. Some even have very small numbers in the hundreds. So that is a trend that is going to continue because until a lot more people start to come into this space, that was hit dead on. And going forward, that's going to really continue as well. Number four was that Coinbase is going to make a major splash into the NFT market. Well, they did as far as dollars goes, but that's completely wrong as far as making an impact because the marketplace was an absolute failure. They had a massive Super Bowl ad that was just great, actually broke their website. So many people went on based on what was going on. That little box was hopping around. If you remember that, just look up Coinbase Super Bowl ad. 
and there was a QR code. A lot of people went to the website and it crashed their servers. So that was successful in that sense. There was so much hinting, so much coming up to that marketplace, but it was complete failure. Number five was the rise of NFT gurus, and that absolutely happened. A lot of marketers came to the space, educators selling courses, selling all the greatest tips and tricks to get rich in the NFT space. And well, as the bear market crept in, all of those people got very quiet. So just as the rise of the NFT gurus came, they also crept back into secrecy, went into whatever dens of their master layers to come up with some other concoction, how to sell something else, make some other money, but they just abandoned the whole Web3 and NFTs. So those gurus came and went. But as we turn into a bull market, whenever that will be, they will be back. Number six, I said this is going to be the year of play to earn gaming. Well, that was right in the sense that a lot of play-to-earn games was coming out. A lot of NFT projects launched or at least claimed that they were going to launch, started building play-to-earn games, but it was a complete failure. I covered that in yesterday's episode with the things that we've learned that, well, games have to be fun, and that was the issue that they were having. Just because it is play-to-earn does not mean it's going to be a successful project. It has to be a fun game. Blockchain gaming is not going anywhere, but play-to-earn to this point has been a complete disaster. Number seven, I said that Meta, Google, and Microsoft would go to war. Well, in a sense, they have, but it has been a cold war. This whole Web3 landscape is definitely opening up, and they are building behind the scenes quietly, not making a lot of splashes. I would say the biggest one was Meta. Of course, they have their goggles, and they're doing all of these Metaverse things and what have you, so they're always in the news, of course, changing their name and what have you, trying to own this whole space, at least with Google searches which is pretty ironic, but Google really hasn't made much of a splash. Microsoft, the biggest splash they made this year is when they decided to shut down their support for NFT gaming and having Minecraft just abandon all of Web3 efforts and everything. So that was the biggest splash that they made, but I truly believe they're building behind the scenes. So as far as this year, coming into it, all the predictions, forecasting, whatever it is that you want to call it, there are certain trends that I'm seeing starting to really develop, and hopefully I have a better track record this year. I was about 50% last year. I know that was seven, but because the year of P2E is sort of true, but not exactly because it was a complete failure, it was true in the sense that the effort was made, but how it panned out didn't necessarily work out. So I don't know, depending how you want to grade that, but hopefully this year, the seven that I'm going to forecast will do much better. So Number one, which is sort of a complete reversal of last year when I said that Ethereum would be less on the mind of developers. Well, this year, I think there's going to be more of a reliance on EVM chains because at this point, we have seen that Ethereum just works. So any chain that supports the EVM, such as Polygon, Arbitron, even Cardano, Binance Smart Chain, just so many others that allows coders to use Solidity and use that technology that is basically becoming the industry standard at this point. I think that's where the interest is going to go. And what we're seeing right now is the layer two solutions are really is where the, uh, the transactions are taking place. The different developments and so forth are really taking place over there. And then Ethereum, the main net is basically becoming a settlement network. So in layman's terms, because of the gas fees that are on the main net of Ethereum, if you're doing something like gaming or anything that requires a whole lot of transactions, it's just not feasible. Although gas prices have been low since the bear market started, a lot of people 
really just disappeared, hopped out of the space. So transaction volume is down. So the gas fees have been down. However, if you're doing a lot of transactions, it's just not really attractive to do them on the Ethereum mainnet. So these different solutions such as Polygon have been seeing a lot of development and going forward, I think that's going to just continue to grow. A lot of partnerships are being made. Things are being built there. Even Starbucks, they put it on Polygon and a lot of companies that are coming into the Web3 space are looking at Polygon. But Ethereum is what's really underlying all of that in the EVM. So the coders and what they're building, it is all compatible and that's the beautiful thing of it. And I think that's going to just continue going forward because I think for the most part, they have proven that that ecosystem is the most stable, most reliable, and most likely to be here for another 10, 20, 30, 40 years. With that said, number two, I don't think that Solana is going to die. I know a lot of people right now are saying everything is going to EVMs and even the biggest Solana projects, of course, the D-Gods and their spinoff, their secondary project, the Utes. They're abandoning the blockchain that they started on, which is Solana. And D-Gods is going to Ethereum. Utes is going to Polygon. So a lot of people are saying that is the death nail in the coffin for them. However, the developmental community that's over there, it is completely different and is not compatible with EVM. And they're coding in a language called Rust as opposed to Solidity. So it is a completely different ecosystem. But the developers, they're still doing their hacker houses and their building houses when they're doing all these coding, coming out with these amazing stuff on Solana. And they're more excited than ever with Solana going down in price, the whole FTX thing and all of that. That has not deterred the hardcore builders. And I think what's going to be their saving grace is their emphasis on mobile. I did an episode all about Solana Mobile and the Saga Phone, which they'll be coming out with this year. And that was episode number 335. Check that out if you haven't heard it. And I think that is going to be the saving grace. And as these developers that are in this space that are hardcore, they're dedicated and they're still creating and all the things that they're going to do to go mobile first, I think is what's going to save them. Reason being in countries such as where I am right now in Jamaica, they are skipping the desktop revolution, if you will. They're going straight to the internet via mobile phones. So whereas in the US and the UK, a lot of people had their first experience with the internet going from a desktop computer or a laptop and then going to the mobile experience and then shrinking everything down. While a lot of these people in developing countries, developing world are going straight to mobile. Their first internet accounts, their first email accounts, if you will, their experience with Googling and everything is via a smartphone and in particular Android because it is the cheaper option at this point. It is widely available and you can get smartphones for less than 100 US dollars at this point and it's very cheap to get data, get on with prepaid phones and so forth. So mobile is going to be very key in spreading this and Solana putting their emphasis on that and the Saga phone is built on Android technology should make it a very attractive option to the developing world because Solana is cheap, their gas fees, if you will, their transactions, and they're going to make it easy. They're going to have a phone. So in my opinion, a year from now, we're going to look back and say, you know what? Their heavy investments in developing for mobile is what saved the blockchain. Number three, I'm going to say that this is really not even necessarily a prediction. I think it's a forecast of a trend that is coming and it is growing and it is the rebranding of the word NFT. And a lot of people that have been doing things with branding have changed or even dropped the NFT. For example, the biggest and most popular one 
Vayner NFT. They have changed it to Vayner 3, hinting towards Web 3 rather than NFTs. And a lot of companies that have really associated with NFTs, it's almost like a dirty word at this point. It is seen as, you know, a scam, the bubble that had popped and all those negative things that happened with the rise and fall in 2021. So they're trying to distance themselves from it. And a lot of marketing material and so forth, even in Starbucks, there was no mention of NFTs. And what we're seeing with Meta, what they're doing with Facebook and Instagram, they're calling them digital collectibles. And would you like to connect your wallet to display your digital collectibles and things of that nature? The things that we saw over on Reddit with their avatars, again, they didn't use the word NFTs, but they were NFTs. And we're seeing a lot of these things pop up and the branding and the wording, they're using other creative ways. And I think that's going to continue up to the point where I'll even say that they are probably, or I should say we are probably going to phase out the word usage altogether. And that is not a thing that I absolutely hate because I never really cared for NFTs as early back as, I don't know, maybe like my first five or six episodes. I even said that I wanted them to be called digital collectibles. And that was really coming over from the wax ecosystem that we were collecting things digitally. And we were thinking of different ways. And we just didn't like the word NFT to begin with anyways. So that seems to be happening finally. But at this point right now, we're still sticking with the word NFTs as far as what people can search for and if they're really interested in this technology. But we'll see where that goes. Number four, I'm going to say Microsoft is going to backtrack what they said about NFTs and blockchain and crypto technology being used in their gaming. Of course, they made headlines absolutely upset this Web3 community when they decided to ban that from Minecraft. But I think secretly they're building behind the scenes and what they're trying to figure out is how they can profit because Microsoft is a cash cow since the 70s and it's all about software and not necessarily selling hardware. So trust me, they are trying to figure out a way how to build things using this technology, the code and all that using this. And whether that means they're going to build their own marketplaces or their own blockchain, I don't know. But definitely NFTs will be back as soon as Microsoft figures out a way how to make a profit on it. And I think that's going to come sooner than later. Because even in their terms of service, when they banned it from Minecraft, it says a lot of things that really leaves the door open. They never officially closed the door and basically said they're evaluating the situation. So when I hear that, I hear as soon as we figure out how to make money with this thing, it will be back. But until we can figure out how to get our cut, we're going to shut it down under the guise of some noble cause. Number five, I'm going to say that the other tech giant that really hasn't made much splashes in the space as yet will start to creep in and that's going to be apple of course it seems like they are about to announce their headset you know the goggles that's going to compete directly with MetaQuests. however apple will tell you that they're not competing with anyone and they are just bringing amazing things to the forefront and the reason why i think they're heavily going to go in this direction towards web3 and it's not just because i love this space it's simply because if you look at the sales of iPhones, it's starting to get to the point right now where there are a lot of people that already have a recent one and realize, well, you don't really have to update every single year because they don't change that much. Or the people that don't have iPhones, well, probably just can't afford it and they're in countries where it is way out of the price range anyways. As I said earlier, the option for Android phones is just so much cheaper. So the last thing they're going to do is lower their prices. So what I think they're going to do is start to build technology that is basically going to replace the iPhone. You might say this sounds crazy, but they have always done that. They replace their current things 
with the new thing. They're trying to make their current lines obsolete. So that way they have another 7 billion people that can repurchase everything. So if they come out with some goggles or some other Web3 based technology that replaces the iPhone over time, they're going to recreate just as they did with the Mac, the iPod, the iPhone, and whatever else they're going to come with down the line. Now, if you think that's absolutely crazy, just do your research. Just look at Apple's history. They make their own lines obsolete once they reach a certain trajectory, and that is how they're printing cash. Really, they build up this ecosystem, sell hardware, and they're tying all this in with the software, getting people onto subscriptions, and they're basically a cash machine at this point. But that is in summary of what Apple's going to do and why I think they're going to really make a splash into Web3, and I think they're going to do it pretty secretly. And number six also kind of ties in with Apple, but it's not just limited to Apple, but I'm starting to see App Store NFTs. Now, when I say App Store NFTs, I mean that there's going to be apps with NFTs running in the background. They're not pitched as NFTs like they're selling a mint or anything of that nature. Going back to the illustration and the example that I constantly keep using with Starbucks Reward Program, well, that is on your mobile phone. You can do all of those different things, but the back end is running on Polygon and it is not even up there front and center that this is an NFT platform or anything of that nature. So taking that forward now, these apps that are coming out, they might want to verify ownership of certain things. They want to give keys and access to certain features and benefits. Well, what easier way to do that than using blockchain technology on the back end? And the best way to do that is using NFTs. Whether or not they call them that, as I said, they're phasing that out. That doesn't matter. An NFT is still an NFT, whatever they call it. The technology is still the same. So these App Store NFTs, are going to be more popular than I think the traditional NFTs, quote unquote traditional, that we saw in 2021 and 2022, where people are going and minting these things from a specific website or whatever it is and putting it into a MetaMask. I think it's all going to be gated within these apps. You're using whatever sign-on method that you traditionally use and the data and everything is going to be transferred and the validation and all that backend is going to be blockchain technology. So... I guess you could call these secret NFTs or whatever, but definitely it's going to be there. Number seven, and the final thing that I think is going to happen within this NFT market is that NFTs are going to go corporate. Now, at this point, we have projects such as the Bulls and Apes projects and the Moonbirds, and it is really these top-tiered corporate-structured entities that were kind of frowned upon for the most part in this whole NFT degen space for quite a while. That was the space that I always found the most attractive, seeing how these things were ran. They had their teams, their CEOs. They had just a corporate structure, and a lot of them have financing, outside sources, and that is how the Bulls and Apes projects were able to do their six-month guarantee and so forth. It's because they were pre-funded. They had money from outside, and they weren't dependent on the funds. Now, Kevin Rose, what he did with the Moonbirds and shutting down other ventures and just dedicating his full time on that and building out this huge ecosystem, again, very corporate structure, is something that really was rare last year. But I think going forward, that's going to be more of the standards. The things like, say, Goblin Town, which actually has management teams and what have you, but it just was such a degen play of just like goofy. No one knew exactly what was happening, who were the founders or anything up front at the mint time. And later on, it was revealed that, yes, this was a corporate entity and so forth. And even I, I thought it was a huge fraud or a scam or something crazy based on everything I did an episode on that as well. 
episode number 199 when I was, you know, just looking at it and I was like, you know what, this is just, I wouldn't put two or three ETH, whatever it was at that time into this because I think they're hinting that this thing is just all a joke. But by episode number 216, the founders were actually doxxed and they came out, realized that it was a huge business and what have you. They knew what they were doing. And for whatever reason, the floor price started to fall. But anyways, I think that is just an anomaly. That is something that wasn't regular, especially during that free mint craze when everyone just tried to follow what they were doing and they all crashed and burned. But as we saw, the back end of it was actually a real business, had a corporate structure. And I think going forward, now that is going to be sort of the norm. Now, I don't think they're going to launch just how Goblin Town did. I think up front, they're going to launch more like the Kevin Roses and the Bulls and Apes Project team. And they're going to just have that structure up front laid out so everyone knows that this is what we're doing. This is what we're guaranteeing. This is our customer service. This is our team and so forth. Everything is going to be laid out. And if that means VC funding or whatever it might be, it's going to look completely different than what we saw with just these fly-by-night operations, these undoxed amateurs that were just pulling things out of their you-know-what and throwing it up on the blockchain and making quick money and then just disappearing and starting another project. Well, that definitely is not sustainable. We've already seen that. But this corporate structure where people that know how to run businesses will use this technology to build something amazing. That's what's going to go forward and that's how it's going to be. So those are the seven predictions. Hopefully I have a much better track record this year. So as you can see, none of this is predictions as far as where prices or anything of that nature is going to go, but just trends, predictions, and what I think will happen through the year. But I would love to know, what are your thoughts? What do you think is going to happen? Do you think there's anything that's really developing a major trend, some breaking news that you'd like to share? Please feel free to reach out to me at Tropic Vibes on Twitter. But as usual, I just want to thank you for taking the time to listen to this as we're learning and building Web3 together. Happy New Year. Blessings in 2023. And until next time, later. The Nifty Business Show is not investment advice. It provides insights and information within the space. As with anything, please do your own research before making a decision whether you're making an investment or a purchase.